coin. It's Lee. You honor me with your presence, Crispy Lee. Pokemon is so tiny, it hurts so much. Rat Tigler. He's usually stronger than the average, and has a friendly attitude. It's... Uh, throwback. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It's the throwback. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler. We're here for you guys. Get you ready for week four. or almost a quarter of the way through the season already. But uh, follow Chris Meany at Chris Meany. Follow Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. I'm at All and Kid. You guys know that. If you're over on the free verse, is that free verse we call that? Uh, listening on the Apple Tunes. Apple Tunes? What? I'm just making stuff up what now. Are iTunes. You talking about. <laughs> yeah. Apple <laughs> Tunes and Google E's playing. And freeverse. If you're anywhere out there and probably not listening anymore, but if you are and you want to check out everything over at the Athletic, including. Hey, if you're at the hockey, it's dropped already because the preseason hockey is already out there. Chris has got a podcast with a wrestler, Eric Young. We've got a ton of stuff over there. Baseball is going throughout the season. And it's, we're in the final week, but there's going to be all-season content for you, including all the other football podcasts we have. We have the Pick'em Show, or what is it called, Chris? I'm sorry, I forgot the name. I had a brain fart. Uh, best on the board. Best on the board. There you go with you yes. and Michael Beller, and they help you with your wagerings and such. And then you have the ranking show with myself. And, of course, this show, again, all of that. Theathletic.com slash the name of the show, the throwback. You get 40% off. You don't have to pay full price for the entire first year. Three bucks a month. Hard to pass up. But anyway, we need to get into week four because we always run out of time. So we're going to try to do the games faster this time. But also, we do need to address something at the top because a lot of people out there, maybe your waivers haven't run yet. Some are midday Wednesday. Some day are Wednesday evening. I have one that's Wednesday, 11 o'clock all the way at night. So we want to look back and see what waivers have run already. I haven't had any run already that aren't rolling waivers, which we were just lamenting how stupid those are to these days. Please, everybody out there, move over to Fab. It's just better for everybody because anybody can be involved every single week. It's a better strategy. As Chris said before we came on the show, and you guys didn't get to hear, but it takes a little to get used to for people who have never done it before. But once you do, it's similar to auction drafts. You see how much better it is. There's no... It's, it's, there's no fairness in being the fact that you happen to be the number one this week with Gallman. And the truth is, I'll give you a perfect example. It's like, well, if you held on to the number one and were smart about it, and that that's, first of all, you're not necessarily going to have the number one out of the draft and be able to hold. That's a randomness anyway. But the other part, guys, is if what if this happens this week, you get Gallman. Next week, Ezekiel Elliott goes down and Tony, Tony Pollard's out there. You'd be like, oh, shoot, I would have I kept the number one. Like, again, just put fab. It's the better way to do it. So, Chris... Have you had any run, Brad? Have you had any run? And what has Goldman go- gone for so far? Yeah, one one of my home leagues, uh, he it has run, and there was a lot of people in on Goldman. There was nine people who were making bids, and he and the winning bid was forty seven dollars. In fact, a second guy had forty seven dollars as well, but he was just lower waiver priority. So, uh, yeah, Wayne Gallman, out of a hundred, out of a hundred. So Wayne Goldman went for forty. How much was his budget left? Do you know? Um. I think that's like the most he spent. He basically, I, I don't know off the top. He's got 53 left. So, yeah, he basically spent half of his budget. To, oh, so to he had $100 left. Yeah, and looking at his team, I mean, he's 0-3, and he's in a really tough spot. I mean, he had James Conner. Actually, he's not that bad. It's just James Conner and Leonard Fournette just really haven't done anything for him uh, so far this year. He had Tyree Kill, suffered an injury. So he's he's really just behind the eight ball here. He drafted Golden Tate, obviously, you know, still a couple weeks away. So uh, he needed to get something done. He saw some desperate um, desperate times, call for desperate measures. I guess, but if I was him, I maybe would have bid a little bit more. But you're talking before Brad mentions his, and I just wanted to bring that up as well because I have Barkley in one league, and it's it's rolling waivers, and it sucks 
because I took I took him first overall, and so I had the twelfth waiver wire claim, and here I am at this point in the season where I have number two, and I'm not going to get him, and basically my season is over. Like I need Gallman. Like he's just a guy, and maybe they're going to do something else, but I need him especially for this week to get a W, and it's unfortunate because as you said off the top, Jake, when you play with Fab, everybody has a fair shot. It's real. It feels real. It's better for your league, and I, I would suggest everyone going to it. I switched over my home league a couple of years ago, and like you said, every, I, everybody was sour about it, and now they all love it, and they can't believe it took so long to switch over. Yeah, in, my, in mine, um, I've got kind of a home league that Gallman went for 33, and there were two teams that went um, 32 on him. I was one of those teams, but but I don't plan wow. to start him. I'm surprised I, or, if, this if I, what's that? Yeah, it it probably was low. I was I was just trying to see like, okay, well, if no one else puts a big claim on him, I'm not, I'm gonna go ahead and just throw him on my bench to keep someone else from playing him against me. Um, but it but I've got a pretty good team in that league, and so I wasn't wasn't overly concerned about grabbing him. Um, in our th- this was an interesting one in our guillotine league, which is centered around the whole the whole concept of it is you have to win now, like just win now, advance the next week, don't be the last place team. Saquon Barkley was so I my team got eliminated this week I had Saquon Barkley I had Big Ben I had Tyree Kill I had a whole bunch of guys get hurt and basically had no shot Saquon went for 345 and knowing and Nando did it Nando was the one that grabbed him um, knowing you're not going to have him um, you know for for at least four weeks if not more and Wayne Gallman only went for $120 out of a thousand thousand dollar fab so um, you're you're talking it's it it's it doesn't seem like he's going for a whole lot and there's just not those desperate teams that like are, are really overpaying um in a dynasty league that i'm in he went for 69 um and and that was a team that had 80 dollars or 78 dollars left so they they went basically all in on gallman at that point um just to, to stash him on their roster yeah, see, I, like I said, I'm surprised that this isn't going for more than that. It's, I guess maybe because some of the tweets that I've seen this morning, I've seen some people talking about he went for 74, he went for 80% of somebody's budget. I told you guys before we came on the show, you know, if you're in a tough running back situation, and this is what we talked about on Monday, and then I did the Pat show yesterday, you know, if your second running back is in that James White of low-end RB2, high-end RB3 in that range, that's your second running back, I think you have to go as all in as you could possibly go. And I'm talking 80%. So if you have 70 bucks left, you go 55, maybe even 60 bucks and leave yourself just a little bit of change left over. We know the downside. I mean, look, we understand like they still brought in names, but if you saw the names that they brought in, Zach Zenner was like the best one. And I don't think that's any threat to Wayne Gallman. And we know, say, as you mentioned, Saquon Barkley's coming back. It's just, we talk about it and the, every sound and, bite every every news piece that we get sounds like it's more closer to eight weeks a lot closer to eight weeks than it is to four i think you just have to take the chance could it blow up in your face and be worthless absolutely but at the same time are you going to be kicking yourself because everybody wants to wait and say well i'll wait for the next one to pop up what if it doesn't pop up to week 10 like we don't know that next week a big name is going to go down and we talk about it all the times is how many backfields actually have a clear backup that's going to get the majority of the workload there's not very many no there isn't very many and you know it's it's made me think about guys like alexander Madison. like this is a guy that i don't think should be hanging around the waiver wire just in case like anything happens to cook i mean we've already seen him have 25 carries 
over 100 yards. Yeah. We know what Minnesota wants to do. So try to prepare yourself for this. If you miss out on a Gallman and your backup situation is, you know, your running back situation is not great, I think you, you need to prepare. Like guys like Pollard, Madsen should just be on rosters just in case. I know it seems like a bit of a waste, but things change so quickly. And I agree with you, Jake. Like, you got to live in the moment. You need wins now. Like, you don't need – like. A win in week four is just as important in week eight or week nine. Like, you need the Ws now. Gallman, I'm not super excited about him, but if you're going to give a running back 15-plus touches in an offense that looked pretty good last week, a step forward, I think you take that. And if he falls in the end zone, you, you have yourself a, a guy that's better than Carlos Hyde that people are rolling out there. So, yeah, you, you spend the money. I'm really intrigued with one of my, my other home league is a dynasty league. It's a deep league. He is available, and I think people will be really aggressive with that, like $1,000 budgets. I would assume he's going to go for like 500 600 maybe even more. Yeah, that's the thing, Brad, too, is like, you know, we're hopefully everybody out there. Not everybody is. There's a lot of people out there to play in more casual leagues. If you look at Yahoo, both to your point, Pollard and Madison are 22% owned. Reichel Armstead is, you know, under 10%. So, you know, Armstead's another one that if Leonard Fournette, given his history, but there's a lot of leagues, Brad, that we're playing in. And a lot of our listeners are that more advanced that are of the higher skill level. Those guys have, as to Chris's point, have been on benches rostered since day one because of that, because those are the few handfuls that we know. And if you're looking at the waiver wire and your choices are Gallman or third piece of a timeshare, like a Dara Goomba Wale, like you how do you not go bananas over Gallman? Right. I mean, yeah, your only your only other options on on a lot of waiver wires are are maybe like Jeff Wilson, Kenyon Drake, uh, Adrian Peterson, maybe. Like I I mean, there's I'm looking at my home league. Deion Lewis, Kalen Balage, Damian Harris, Ty Montgomery. Like those are the names that are out there. Yikes. Yeah, it's and how would you not? At <laughs> least Chris with Gallman, you know yikes. he's playing right now. Like it's <laughs> it's just yeah. And and I'm in a. It's funny. I'm in a um another league. It's a a, a complete home league. Is it's it was a trash draft. Like six quarterbacks went in the first round, and it's not super flex. If that tells you what kind of what kind of league this is, but there were we only have a four man bench. And it's, it's, so it's a lot different because the waiver wire is loaded with, with really good players. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out like, how do I maximize my bench here? Um, you know, when, when you have a super shallow bench like that, it, I like it's all the other leagues I play in have at least somewhat of a deep bench, you know, a six man bench at the, at the minimum and, and to go for, it feels, it feels weird because Gallman didn't even get claimed in waivers last night. That's how shallow this, this bench is, um, in, in that league. That's crazy. I, I think in like in leagues where you play with Fab, I suppose you could leave, you know, some of those backup running backs that we talked about on the wire because you have a chance to get them if you you know play your budget correctly. But in like those rolling waiver wire formats that we just talked about, like you need to have those guys locked up, especially if you're in a spot where you don't think you'll get them if a significant injury happens. Because if you're not in one or two, like you're just not getting them. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, so let's move on and let's preview week four here for everybody. Philly, Green Bay's Thursday night football game. We won't spend, obviously, too much time on that anyway because some of you guys aren't even going to be listening until Thursday or Friday for this podcast. But in any case, Alshon Jeffrey is playing, unless a setback happens. Dallas Goddard is out there. On the flip side, here's the biggest question. Like the Eagles, we kind of know at this point. The backfield is what the backfield is. You deal with it if you want. Uh, this isn't a great matchup for Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey maybe not being 100%. We all know that. Like We know what's going on with the Eagles. The Green Bay situation is Devontae Adams has definitely been one of the few busts so far this year. And I say so far because the targets haven't been there. But we got Aaron Rodgers saying, I know I got to give him the ball more. And Chris, how do you beat your Eagles 
you throw <laughs> against them. Yeah. Is this the super short by low wing, though? Are you expecting a top five performance for Devontae Adams this week? Is Marquez Valdez-Scantley finally catching on after last week? And, you know, what was a good matchup opportunity for him? or what, Basically, the Green Bay side of things. And Aaron Rodgers himself, who hasn't even been a QB1 yet. No, he hasn't. Um, yeah, I think I think three of us were a little skeptical on Aaron Rodgers heading into this season. but Not this much. Yeah, but I was gonna, that's what I was going to follow, <laughs> but maybe not this much. Um, yeah, it's puzzling. Devontae Adams, if you look at last season, I mean, you pretty much got five-plus catches, double-digit targets, and 70-plus yards, and really a touchdown. He basically scored a touchdown every single game when you when you map it out. Um, this is the game for him to break out. It's like, yeah, you said, the secondary is very weak. Ronald Darby has been getting burned all year, and he's not even around. So, yeah, it's it's tough. I, I don't know if he's going to have that breakout game, but you're right. The buy-low window is right now. MBS, I like to continue to have some success. But, yeah, let's because Green Bay's not going to be able to run on Philly. We No teams have been able to have success on the ground against them for a couple of years now. So the way to beat them is through the air. So, yeah, if you're looking to buy low on Adams, I think now is the time to do it. And if he doesn't have that week, my goodness, uh, there's going to be a lot more question marks. Because Rodgers was saying that before the season started. He wanted to give the ball to Adams more. I was like, how? You give it to him all the time. So, like, to hear him say this recently doesn't make me think that Adams is going to be targeted heavily, but he should have a good game. I think top five is a lock. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, if he if that was his goal prior to the season, I want to get him the ball so much. Like, why is Marquez Valdez-Scantling getting more than double the targets that Devontae Adams is? That doesn't make any sense. So, um, and not not on the year, but just, just last week. And so, it, it it's... He, this is a guy like like uh, Michael Thomas. You force the ball to him because he is the best player on the field most of the time. And you force the ball to him. You got to take shots with him, and they haven't been doing that. And I, I feel like it has to change. And and I think from Green, Green Bay standpoint, they know if they're going to hang around with the Bears and and you know maybe even that you can put the Vikings in that category this season. If they're going to win this division, they're going to have to to score a lot of points because. Their defense is good, but I don't think it's an elite defense. They're going to have to to be able to score against the Bears defense, against the Vikings defense. To do that, you're going to have to use Devontae Adams. And, and hopefully, you know, they realize that sooner than later. And, and you know, it, I, like Chris said, if, if, you, if he's not going to score points this week and they're not going to feed him the ball this week against a bad secondary, then you got to wonder at that point, like, is, is, has he kind of taken a turn as far as, like, what his value is going to be going forward? And I know Jake gets a small sample size, but he averaged 11 targets and seven catches last year, 13 touchdowns in 15 games. He's averaging four fewer targets and two fewer catches, and he's not getting any work in the red zone. And you know that Rodgers always looked his way in the red zone. Adams is always like one or two in the league in red zone targets. It's not the case so far. No, it's definitely not. And it's definitely it's concerning. But I think that if we're looking for the entire oh, well, here's here's one I'll spin around real quick, too. We're, we're not starting Jimmy Graham, right? He's droppable by far easily, yeah, right? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Like not even a question. I don't even know what he's <laughs> doing because I don't own him anywhere. Nothing, <laughs> exactly, legitimately nothing. Yeah, yeah. What did I tell you guys in the preseason about drafting the vets that do nothing and the boring? Why? Why not just chase the upside? Because Jimmy Graham and Kyle Rudolph of the past two weeks, the zeros, oh, wow, goose yeah. eggs, yeah, no, not a no chance. Yeah, and if you want nine to targets on the year, like even even the first two games, it was four and five targets. Like that's not a startable tight end right now with with some of the other guys that are options in the league. No, not at all. You know who's also not startable? Uh, we'll save that. I, that's going to be a transition for another time. Actually, you know what? I'll jump into it right now. I can use it twice. You could probably do so, it for every game. Uh, there is, but I'm talking about at least people that were drafted with some cachet behind them. Sure. So the first one is Corey Davis. He's not startable. He's not startable right now in Atlanta 
on the Tennessee side of things. Are, are we down to Delaney Walker and Derrick Henry, and that's it for Tennessee, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think so. It was, I mean, Humphrey's got nine targets and six catches last week, but, you know, maybe that was just part of the game plan with, you know, try to avoid uh, Jalen Ramsey or the line just being so bad in Tennessee in that game. There was just quick handoffs. But, yeah, I don't feel comfortable starting anyone. It's It's Henry or Walker. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, if you get, it's interesting because with bye week starting now, you're going to have to go deeper in in some cases. So, um, I w- I honestly would start AJ Brown over over uh, Corey Davis, and I don't have confidence in either one. But I feel like there's at least upside with AJ Brown that I don't feel like Corey Davis has right now. The snaps aren't there. I would love to be able to do so, but the snaps are even behind Adam Humphreys. That's my problem. If this sure, was going to sure. be, a, if Davis is going to break out, I feel like it would be this game in the Dome. Atlanta maybe have some success, for, force Tennessee to throw the ball a little bit more. Not shut down by an elite corner, but still like, uh, it's just, it's hard to roll out Davis. It's hard to even roster this guy on your bench. It's so disgusting. <laughs> Well, he's going to get true font. I mean, I he's it's not, it's second not tier, I would say, right? Yeah, second tier is, yeah, it's fair. That's, that's, oh, that's, I don't I think play. we're going to see Davis show up right, until well, they make a quarterback change. All right. Well, since uh, well, Atlanta will be quick. So then one more question on this is Davis droppable? Uh, Corey? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd drop him. Yeah, he's yeah, he is. Yeah. There's, there's, it's too easy to find wide receivers to hang on to a guy because of, potential or or whatever you thought preseason like at this point we've got a good enough sample size to give you an idea of how a guy's going to be used it's it's you know as, as like we talked about with Devonte adams as bad as last week was he still had over 100 yards in week two like you know there that he's a focal point of the offense we've never really seen that with davis out, outside of some very sporadic games uh where they've used him a lot so i i have no problem dropping him yeah, he's not getting the davis or, davis or kenny stills I guess still is like at least like he's getting some targets. He's getting some looks. I Fuller and Kiki Kute will probably you know go down at one point. Now, Kute is completely yeah, out the done. window. He so like he likes seventeen snaps last week or something yeah, like that. It if, was ridiculously if, low. And if anything happens to Fuller, like Stills. Is, oh, that's a ticking time bomb. You know that exactly. So yeah, I would much rather invest in Stills. At this All right. Point. So last one, Corey Davis or Paul Richardson? He's going against the Giants. Richardson. I was encouraged last week. Yeah, he's at least getting yeah. looks. Yeah, for sure. And he's on he's on the field almost all the time too. So yeah. there's and he gets DeAndre he gets Baker, yeah. who is still he still hasn't even hit thirty on the PFF grade of the season. He's still at twenty eight. <laughs> That's how bad. It, although Mike Evans destroyed Janoris Jenkins last week, which is just like forget about it. I mean Janoris. If there's anything, you know, this is Pat said, and I'm going to relay it to you guys because Pat's a friend of the show. Pat's a friend of the family. Mm-hmm. He said, if there's anything better in, in uh, football is to have like one or two elite corner seasons and then get that huge contract because that's it. I mean, that's really all you need and you get a huge contract. And it's I brought it in my counterpoint to him was you might even argue that the window of peak for corners is less than running backs. Yeah. I remember uh, Osama. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. he got that huge contract from the Eagles, like people didn't even throw his way the year before. I didn't even know how well, good the, he was. How many, how many huge corner contracts have actually paid off? One in ten. Yeah, out of ten. I remember there was a time nobody would touch a wide receiver against Jenkins, and now all anybody's talking about is you got Jenkins this week. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah. and, and maybe that's Marshawn Lattimore never the... even hit his contract, and he's you know Marshawn Lattimore is in the top five. In yards allowed per snap and uh, NFL quarterback rating, amazing. Yeah, and that, that's maybe how... that's some of the the issue with Jalen Jalen Ramsey's trade market. It's like teams are like, you know what? Like he's been really good, but 
maybe we've seen the best of him and all there is is a, a downward trend going yeah they coming, you know and you know that you acquire two? him you have to pay him that money that he you wants. have to pay him yeah you're giving up two firsts where let's be real i mean look at the drafts year after year after year one first you might find jalen ramsey talent wise yeah i mean that this is like it's it's tough to and as you said you gotta pay the contract he might be about to end his peak it's just it's such a short window but we sidebarred on that enough so atlanta side of things this is the quick version question of it brad are we okay is Devontae freeman are we okay with him and the fact that ito smith got banged up in that game too and then he actually looked good for the first time this year um i <clears throat> i'm still not still not overly in the Devontae freeman uh camp i i am very leery although you know with all the with injuries coming down the way they are and you know when you're not able to trust guys like like james connor although i i will get to that in a bit but i like james connor's matchup this week at a minimum so um i i'm i don't know i'm not i'm not really in on on freeman i and i'm you know after last week when they threw the ball as often as they did and they didn't really go after calvin ridley i'm nervous about him too i, I know you still probably start him but but it was the Julio Jones show and that was it. And that's, you know, it, it's kind of like the Browns with Odell Beckham. There's not a whole lot of guys that are, are guaranteed points outside of the one guy that they, you know, they're going to feed. And, and, you know, I, I, if I started, it's, it's kind of out of desperation because it's, I, I don't have trust in him. I wish I had more Julio. It's going to be the Julio show all year. I'm so jealous I don't have that guy. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Freeman. I think he's an RB2. I'm encouraged, Jake. 16 for 88. This is not a, a superior match. It's not a great matchup, at, you know, by all means. But the fact that he has at least three catches in each game, I like that too. He's involved in the passing game. And, again, I've said this before, I don't think Ito Smith is all that good. So, um, yeah, RB2, roll him out there. Right, so Patriots at Bills on the Bills side of thing. This is kind of a multiplayer, but same question for all of them. Do you start Chris Josh Allen with the way that he's been playing? Do you start Frank Gore if Singletary is out? Do you start Frank Gore if Singletary is playing? Do you start Singletary? Period. And do you even touch John Brown against arguably what is the best corner in the league right now in Stephen Gilmore? Yeah, it's this is a tough matchup for for the Bills for sure. Tough matchup for the New England guys as well, but you're going to start them. I, I would I would play Gore if you had to play Gore and Singletary wasn't around. I would play Gore. I think he'd be a low-end RB2. Same thing. You just you hope he falls in the end zone. You feel better if he is your flex, but you could be in a tough spot like Barkley and Bice like you're talking about. Brown, I would probably look elsewhere. Yeah, it's this is not a good spot for him. It could be a Cole Beasley, just 10-catch game. That's very possible. Uh, I would start him in deeper leagues and in a P full point PPR league. I was encouraged with last week's showing, but yeah, it's, I guess Allen, I have Allen. I'll probably play him. Like I have Stafford as my other guy. So I'll, I'll I mean, I'm kind of torn. Like that game could be a shootout and Stafford may have to chuck the ball a little bit more. So I may actually turn my, change my tune a little bit and go Stafford. But I think Allen will do what he's been doing. 16 to 20 points. I think that's doable. Yeah. And I, I, I'm totally fine with that with with starting Josh Allen because you know last week he ran nine times for 46 yards. There's a there is a floor with him that that a lot of other quarterbacks don't have, or at least you know we're starting to kind of see that a little more. But but I he's gonna have to throw the ball to keep up with New England. New England is gonna score points even as good as Buffalo's defense is, and. I just feel like dropping back. There's a chance he ends up running more than nine times this week because he ends up scrambling. If receivers aren't open, he doesn't have the best receiving core. Um, so he, he, he could end up with, with 12 to 15 runs this week. And, and he, you know, he has the ability to bust an 80 yard run as well as any running back in the league right now too. So it's, I, I have no problem starting Allen. Um, I'm, 
I am not as good, uh, not as bullish on the running backs, whether, whether Singletary plays or not. I don't think it matters. I don't think I would start either one of the running backs this week because I think they're going to have to be passing to stay in this game, and there's just not going to be the volume there um, that you saw last week in the lower-scoring game. Yeah, so well, let's talk about the Patriots side specifically is with James White back in the mix. Is Rex Burkhead the new James White? Or like, what are we doing with that backfield? It's it's what we love about the Patriots oh, every single year. I know. Well, Michelle's not doing absolutely anything on the ground. He just he looks pretty bad. And I I, I think Burkhead has really played himself into a, a much bigger role. And, and last week was obviously But is it now to... hurting James White too? Yeah, I think it I think it hurts White a little bit slightly. Um I'm 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 starting Burkhead, but again, I'm it's the same league that I I wasn't able to get Gallman and I had Barkley, so I'm in a very tough spot there. I'm not suggesting what about that anybody this? should start Bar- Burkhead, but you could be in that situation. I think he's a borderline flex. I think he'll touch the ball ten times, catch a couple balls in this offense, and then you don't what? know if he's the red zone back. You just don't. <laughs> Every time I go to ask the question, you had something. Else. I know. <laughs> I was gonna say, what what about Dorsett? Because Starting with James up. White back this week, you know Dorsett and James Gordon. James Gordon, Josh Gordon. So are you? I would start doing both of those guys, well? even though it's a tough matchup, and I have respect for the Bills' defense, especially their secondary. I would still start them. I, I think both of them are, you know, a slight downgrade, but a wide receiver three flex for sure. Yeah, I, I, I would have no problem starting him too. Um, I, I think it's like you said, it's not a great matchup, but um, I like Dorsett. I like Brady's connection with Dorsett um, that he's shown in the two games that Antonio Brown wasn't there. So. Um, I, I think, you know, he's a, he's got a fairly safe floor going forward. Um, I'm <clears throat> the, the, you know, the, the backfield is a mess. Like, I don't even know if I want to start Sony Michelle right now. And it's, you know, as high of a draft pick as you had to spend on him to get him. Um, you don't like benching that guy in week four, but you just, he's, I saw a stat the other day. It was like 40, he has 45 runs or something this year and has broken one tackle in, on the year. Like it's, that's just atrocious <laughs> running. It doesn't matter how, how good the offense is. So um, it's, it's, and look at the teams I, they played. <laughs> yeah, really yeah, good. exactly. And so, so they're, they're, this is the first team they, they are playing on their schedule that has a win on their schedule. So, and, and Buffalo's three and no, and they, their run defense is fantastic. So I don't, um, as good as New England is, I, I'm avoiding the running backs altogether because I, I think this is going to be the Tom Brady dropping back 40, 40 plus times. Um, that we haven't seen very often because they haven't had to. Yeah, quick dumps. Yeah. Quick, quick dumps. Quick dumps. Quick dumps for Brady. <laughs> I don't need to know about your personal life, Chris. Let's <laughs> move on to Kansas City and Detroit. Uh, look, uh, Kansas City. What is their last? Actually, there is an answer here. Or to have a question is, let's assume Damian Williams, and uh, because we're not going to know. And people, we've already said this. If you go back to Labor Show and listen, if LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams are both out, then you get excited about Daryl Williams. That's why I said you have to take the chance and pick him up on waivers because we don't know yet. But let's assume everybody's healthy. Damian Williams is healthy. LaShawn McCoy is healthy enough. Everybody's out there ready to roll. Brad, this is your team. Who is the running back? Are you starting two? Can you trust two? Is there only one? Uh, is this just a pass first offense? And who the hell cares about the running game anymore? <laughs> no, I I start Damian Williams, and the reason is because they still use him in the passing game. Um, McCoy got a couple screen passes, but with Williams, they will actually run routes with him, like like wheel routes, where he'll if they got him one on one with the linebacker, they'll just throw it over the top to him. Um, I still think he's the guy. I still think there's a really good chance that he gets double digit touchdowns this year, assuming he ends up playing, you know, more than half the season. I don't know how bad the knee is. It's possible he's back this week, um, but he didn't practice at all last week. So 
So it'll be, you know, it's probably going to be like a game time decision at best. So if you're having to make that decision early, um, I, I think McCoy is a safe start no matter what. I think that the ankle thing last week was pretty precautionary. Um, I think he's going to be out there this week. I think Daryl Williams is a, is startable if Damian Williams doesn't play because I think they're going to, ha- you know, sh- sh- kind of show like they did last week. They have no problem using two different backs, um, you know, to, to take the load off a guy, especially one that's banged up. So, um, you know, and, and in the passing game, I mean, you want, I feel like you want any piece of the offense you can. Like you want – throw McCall Hardman in there. Throw um, Demarcus Robinson in there. You know, obviously Kelsey's in there. And, and you know, you're not benching Watkins. And, um, you know, if I don't, we haven't heard anything on Tyreek Hill except for he's dribbling basketballs in the locker room with both hands. Like, okay, well, that's a good sign for his shoulder. And, and you know, it, it sounds like he, you know, is, is maybe back sooner than later. So – um, my inclination is is to to start anybody and everybody you have on your team, and if you got to pick one of the running backs, then I'm picking Damian Williams if he's playing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that, except for the double digit touchdowns from Williams. I don't know if we'll see that, Brad. But you you play you play them both. <laughs> if they're playing, you play them both, and if they're not, you play you play the other Williams. Like it's just yeah, every Chiefs guy that's active, get him in there. Because this offense is just unbelievable. But yeah, I think Shady's going to play for sure. As I said on Monday, he. You know, he took the Instagram right away. He said, don't worry, I'll be in the lineup next week. Ring chasing, 12K chasing. Like, he, he's going to play. And I think he continues to get more more play on the ground. I think he'll have more success. But um, Damian is going to be a, a player in this offense no matter what. So if he's active, you certainly play him. What about the Troy side of things? Carry uh, on Johnson, 20 carries. And you know, Kenny Galladay has definitely not been good so far this year. It, I mean, Marvin Jones is the only – he showed up last week. What are you doing on that side of things? I'd play them all again. I, like I said with Stafford, I think they'll they'll be forced to throw the football. I mean, carry-on hasn't been great. You're, you're absolutely right. But what I said about the Eagles, like what you see, that line, 20 carries, 36 yards, you might see that on average with most running backs that go up against the, the Eagles uh, defense. So I, I think he, he'll be more involved in the passing game. I think he can catch a few balls. He's got five catches this season, one receiving touchdown. And for Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, these guys are just automatically going to get targets because let's be honest, like Casey's putting up 30. So they're, Stafford's going to have to throw the ball. That's why yeah, I kind of like I, the Chiefs I agree defense. With that for sure. The Chiefs D? Yeah, Chiefs D in play, absolutely. I, I, I picked them up in, in a league. I have no choice. I had to grab them. So, um, yeah, Stafford's going to be forced to, to make some throws and doesn't, you know, a couple picks. We could see some picks. TJ Hawkinson, guys? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, what's going on there? Like, the I, I told week, you what's going on. He's blocking. 50% of the snaps he's blocking, and the time that he gets to run a route, he doesn't get to run past the line of scrimmage because they keep using him in the flats. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll get more <laughs> than one I mean, he got catch. the red zone target. He only has two catch eight yards the last two weeks. Week one, maybe. But he, he got just... a red zone target. Yeah. I mean, he... I guess if you're going to roll the dice, this yeah. is the week to roll it, right? Sure. Yeah, especially, you know, like Kittle's on a bye week this week. Like, you know, if he's a All right, guy so let's tie it into the next one, Brad. It's, it's your favorite other team. Uh, let's Jared Cook or TJ Hawkinson this week. Which would you roll out? Oh, man. Um, I, I would probably go Hawkinson. I know he's not on I the Raiders trust... anymore for everybody out there that's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably go Hawkinson just because of what Chris was saying. They're going to have to throw the ball this weekend. And, you know, the, even though the Chiefs kind of shut down Mark Andrews last week, there he was seeing targets like they he it wasn't that he wasn't open uh, occasionally but um you know Lamar Jackson missed him a couple times I, I think and Hawkinson is just as good of an athlete as Mark Andrews is if not better so um I think there's a really good chance that that he bounces back a little bit I don't know that we're gonna see week one again maybe all season but 
Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he had four or five catches and, and 50 yards and maybe a touchdown this week also. Yeah, maybe he won't break that rookie tight end record. <laughs> he only needs like oh, 30 yeah, yards per game, but maybe he won't do that. I would go uh, Hawkinson as well. Okay, so sticking with the Raiders. Uh, actually, we covered the Raiders. And what is there left to be? Actually, here, this year is an underrated corner at this point. Any concerns with Tyrell Williams or is the volume continue to offset it? Because that's been my campaign the entire year. Yeah, I there's there's some slight concerns, but I I would still play him as I still view him as a wide receiver three. I'd still play him there. You know, there there's not many. Brad, are you there. afraid of the Pierre Desir? Uh, no. I I mean not 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 to that point. I I mean I, I I'm still putting Williams in as a wide receiver three. If I've got him on my team, he's probably one of my better options. So um, I, I have no problem starting. Him Actually, this year's the perfect example of what we were talking about before with the corners. This is a guy who's cast off from a team because he was missed. Like, yeah. if this is another testament to corners in general, is sometimes you go to a system that's different that uses a cover two versus a zone versus like whatever, and they don't work as well. This year didn't work because they weren't using him in the way that he's best suited for, which is what the Colts did. And now they look at he's one of the top corners. This like that's another thing to remember. So. Again, just I feel like we're trashing our corners today. We are. Los, yeah. Los Angeles at Miami. So here's the question from the Chargers side of things. Uh, this is it will go to you, Brad. This is your division anyway. Still, uh, so twofold is Mike Williams has been disappointing so far. We're assuming he can get on track this week, right? And then two, we're firing up Justin Jackson as an RB three after seeing every backup running back pretty much produce against Miami, right? <laughs> yeah, because there you got to think at some point this game gets out of hand. They pull Eckler out of the the game, and yeah, like he, I mean, he could see fifteen carries in the second half of the game, if not, you know, mixing in a couple in the first half. So I have no problem putting Justin Jackson in the lineup this week. But this is probably the only time I would feel confident doing that. So if you've stashed him to this point, and and you know maybe you've got you know a a Matt Breida or whatever on your bench that that has a bye week this week, then this might be the perfect time to throw him in there and and get you know potentially get some garbage time points out of him yeah it's like plan b c d or e i guess if you miss out on gallman and you're a barkley owner you got some guys on on buy yeah he he should get somebody might least. have dropped justin jackson yeah i mean his ownership in yahoo is only 31 percent uh he was picked up over the past couple of days here to just to get it to that number so uh, yeah he should he should get at least 10 carries i would say he's i mean yeah they're what they're 17 point favorites in miami Makes sense. <laughs> my my initial ranking has him right 37 in between Kenyon Drake and Devin Singletary. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I, I would definitely play him over Kenyon Drake. Would you? Yeah, I'd play him over Drake too. Uh, yeah. yeah, sick of Drake, man. <laughs> I wouldn't. Like, there's a single Dolphins player I'd I'd even think about playing right now. I can, can can I just put a moratorium on the questions that people are sending in of like, can I trade for Drake when he gets traded and like, stop, like, why is everybody just still on this? Drake is going to get traded train. Like, stop. If you, if you think that's going to happen, like do it now, because once, if he does get traded somewhere, then whatever, like Preston Williams getting 12 targets last week was certainly encouraging. Like he's probably going to get that again. When Albert Wilson comes back. Yeah, for sure. Like I have concern of that as well, and it's not like I want to start any of these dolphins. But twelve targets is is nothing to really ignore. I think they could actually keep this game close. It's just because <laughs> of the Chargers and and, and the Chargers, know, their, their history of just blowing things. Yeah, goal yeah, Chargers. Playing, they play to the level of their competition. They, they, really they did do. it. They've done it all year, and and so there's a. But are we gonna see? It, I mean, we. It, there, I think the the key for the Dolphins would be shutting down Keenan Allen. Like if you double team Keenan Allen, make somebody else beat you because 
Philip Rivers was throwing to him literally every play last week. It was it was unbelievable. Like every time you well, look up, literally. he's throwing the ball to Keenan Allen. Take him out of the game and see what else they have. Hey, here's a question for you guys. All right. You ready? Hell yeah. Can't you wait. have to play four Dolphins in your lineup or you have to leave one of your wide receiver spots empty. <laughs> oh, man. I I'm want... leaving a wide receiver spot empty. <laughs> I think I might too. Like four Dolphins? That's that's going to yeah. put a hole. The, the other here. three guys I'm playing in those spots are going to score more than, than yeah, thousand percent. I'm leaving a wide Preston receiver Williams, spot. Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, Kenyon Drake, and then either Rosen or Gasecki. Life's rough. No chance. Life's rough. <laughs> what if I made it three? What if I made it three? If it was Drake, uh, three Parker, and Williams. Uh, yeah, I could get behind that maybe. I could get some targets. Man, <laughs> so that's, that's, like, that's so sad. And the Chargers are, are seven. They have seven wins out of 21 games in their last, like, one uh, PM starts on the on the East Coast like that. Like, they should win the game, but don't be surprised they if they're, they're sloppy. And they just and and they sweat, the they sweat it out. Yeah, like it's 16, right? So There you go. I think they hey, win look, like this is why you listen to that show with Chris and Michael Beller. All right, so Washington in New York. Score fest? Is that we're just kind of like firing up everybody in this game? Yeah, how many how many picks Kirk Cousins gonna, or um, Keenum going to throw in in this game? And he's facing the Giants. None. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we could see a score fest. Yeah, I would play everyone. Everyone from even Richardson. We talked about him earlier. Play well, him. even Richardson. I think the question now is even Trey Quinn. Like I'm definitely firing up Richardson. It's, it's more so now Trey Quinn. Actually, you know who is... I wouldn't play AP because I feel like this is kind oh, of the opposite. Thompson's backfield. You think they'll just give him the ball because he was freaking out? I think this is last week? because they're going to be. I don't see the. <laughs> if I, if it happens, I'm just going to be so frustrated because I told you it's a catch twenty two. I really don't want to be stuck with Gettleman, but I don't see the Giants running away with this game. I think this is going to be like if it's a score right, fest. Yeah. I think there's going to be like thirty one twenty seven, and the skins are going to be involved the entire time. And if so, it's Adrian Peterson. Like I actually think Adrian Peterson, and Chris Thompson are both startable. But if I had to choose one before the other, I'd slightly lean Adrian Peterson and not in half. It's probably a tie break in full PPR. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's I just fair. think he gets the like, rushing touchdown. Yeah, it's very likely. Yeah, it, yeah it could be a, a pretty interesting interesting game fantasy-wise because these aren't teams that you you know people prior to this point have been stacking a whole lot of players with. And all of yeah. a sudden, you these are the two a, of the four worst the defenses in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of these guys are even available on the wire. Like, like the even Thompson is a is a hot pickup. I think he's still available on the waiver wire. You, you want to talk? All about right. It? So, have either one of you looked at my rankings for this week already? No. No. All right. Where would you and where do you think I have Daniel Jones, Chris? I think you have Jones uh, quarterback thirteen. I'll take and the where over. Where would you rank him? I where would you rank him? I haven't yet. Um, I, okay. Yeah. I, with, oh, wait, wait, wait. Over as in he's higher up in the rankings or yes, lower? I think, as in lower a, like, I think you have him as a QB1 this week. No. Chris hit it on the nose. Oh, wow. 13? Yeah. QB 13 between Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. Again, this is the first run. These are going to change between now and Thursday night and again for Friday with all the updates. But the first run, it's 13, and I don't like it. I don't. I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I'm actually looking at mine. I mean, I did a quick thing, a uh, quick Tuesday morning. I got him at 14, but yeah, I really just I dive into the rankings here, like this afternoon, this evening, and you know, it seems fair. Like I know you don't like it, but 
the matchup is good, and you know, last week was just encouraging. That's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah, eh, he still I, made some really poor decisions. He did, uh, but he made some good ones too. He made some couple. He, that that throw to Shepard in the end zone, I thought was terrific. I like that throw a lot, and he just has two weapons that I like. Like I like Shepard and I like Ingram. Well, and here's another perfect example. We talk about it all the time for my process with the projections, and then I go through with my opinion and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until we get the final outcome. But the first run, because we got to get it for Tuesday night, is the first run is like 99% projections. I think Kyle Allen's too low at 17. Like I told you, what we say it on Monday? I, I would rather start Kyle Allen, I think, against Houston even on the road over Daniel Jones. I was surprised to hear that. I thought that you were just kind of out on Allen. You know, I thought maybe this would be a tougher matchup in Houston. You would you would avoid him. No, Houston's pass defense has been abysmal this year. All of a sudden, which yeah. is interesting. I, I I would I would definitely no, on Jones over him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, we might as so well skip down I, I and talk about this. that game. I, I will have Daniel Jones as a QB one. I'm going to say he's going to settle in around eight or nine for me. Um, if, yeah. if Washington couldn't shut down Mr. Trubisky, they they may not shut down Daniel Jones. Because Trubisky was as, true. As, Trubisky as had a hell of a first half. Yeah, he looked point. good. Yeah, it was. I mean, he had three touchdowns to Taylor Gabriel. Like it wasn't even like a, a, a you know a big time wide receiver. So they they I don't think there's any way they can, they can cover Ingram. They're going to need Ingram to get hurt to have any shot at covering him. Um, they if you know Ingram may have ten catches for two hundred yards and two touchdowns in this game because they just can't they can't guard anybody. And Actually, you know, you know who's even worse. So I tweeted this out as I was in the middle of doing my sleepers for this week, and I'm part of it. The the, the tight end sleepers will Disley, and I said this isn't reactionary. I said for everybody out there, because, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know even know who he is after seeing the game last week. But here's the one I was gonna I was gonna say, Brad, is that the Cardinals what they've allowed to tight ends. If you took everything the Chargers have allowed, they're the second most allowed points so far this season for, for the point of this. So if you took everything the Chargers have allowed as the second most points allowed, added Zach Ertz, just added his points, they still fall four points short of the Cardinals. It's unbelievable. Oh, man. Unreal. Yeah, 20. I'm looking now in a half point setting, 26 fantasy points per game they've allowed to tight ends. Per game. Per game. It's unreal. Un and, and Russell Wilson loves Will Disley. So. Yeah, he does, up. and they traded away Nick Vanette last night. Yeah, Nick night, Vanette's gone now, too. People yeah. didn't see that. Yeah. People overlooked that. All right, so are we talking about it? We might as well We'll come back to Cleveland and Baltimore in a second, the Carolina at Houston. We, I just mentioned Kyle Allen. Uh, where would he be probably for you? I, I'm assuming behind Daniel Jones for you then, then Brad. Um. Yeah, definitely behind Daniel Jones. I'd put him probably – around i'm gonna say around 15 i haven't gotten that far down on the on the quarterbacks yet um to to where i'm gonna put him but i'm gonna say he's gonna settle in just at high end qb2 um obviously there's some upside there he showed it last week um he's i was you know very impressed with this throwing of the ball i just i think now that it's a little different than um you know i i, I at least trust houston's ability to game plan a little bit better um even if their pass defense isn't that great like they they were were really good against Jacksonville um, when they didn't have a whole lot of film to go by on on Gardner Minshew, and they basically shut that offense down. And then and then Jacksonville came out the next weekend and looked pretty good. I think I don't know. I'm not. Let's put it this way. I have no problem starting him in a in a super flex league. Um, but I'm I would I'm not, I don't want him as a QB one in a single QB league. No, definitely not. I, I got him at 18 right now, but I have him. At, for example, I have him ahead of Baker Mayfield. I know that may seem a little risky for people. No, like Baker Mayfield. But I, I would know, do it. Yeah, I would. Well, obviously, I would do it too. But I know, like people that. 
people listening are probably like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I drafted Baker. You know where I drafted him. I, I got to give him another shot. Like, no, I don't think you do. Like, at least not this week in Baltimore. And I know we're yeah, not talking not about that game. Baltimore. So, Kyle Allen, again, encouraged with what I saw last week. He's got some weapons there, some guys. He can throw the ball downfield, unlike Cam. And he's got some no, guys. Well, here's the thing. Like Chris McCaffrey. Brad, can, Brad Chris. Chris McCaffrey can turn Kyle Allen's day into, like, a borderline QB1 alone. Just him. Uh, Baker Mayfield is in the conversation to be dropped at this point. Yeah, I would agree. I don't want yeah. to, but it's bye weeks we're getting into. Unfortunately, it's only two again next week, which, by the way, NFL, would you stop with this ass hattery? Like, seriously, we're doing two, two, two. There's another week of two later in the season, and they still put six in week 10. Like, you're spreading. Weird. We're going from weeks four through 12 with bye weeks, and you still had to put six in one week? Like, what the hell, dudes? But anyway. The annoying rant aside, uh, Baker Mayfield at Ravens at 49ers. We've been talking about how good their pass rush is. Uh, Seahawks at Patriots at Broncos bills are the next one, two, three, four. Those are the next six games. And these Steelers at home, which the Steelers since trading real quick, like Mick and Fitzpatrick made an immediate improvement for this defense. I'm not saying it's one to be scared about, but Baker Mayfield is borderline droppable. Yeah, I, I agree. He's definitely can't start him. And I don't like to carry two Q, two QBs. I mean, you have to be. That's the biggest thing. League, so. Well, so on the flip side, there are a lot of leagues out there where you know you guys said you don't want Kyle Allen to be your number one. But if you were Cam Newton, Cam Newton owner, or if you've been struggling with Baker Mayfield, he might have to be your QB, your one QB, because the waivers might be that thin because so many rosters do carry two quarterbacks. So, like I said, I would love to try and bench him for as long as possible because obviously, if he shows off against Baltimore. We're, everybody's going to be changing their team. It's going to be the Daniel Jones 180 that everybody pulled this past week. Oh, Baker's fine. This offense is fine. Everything's great. It was just a no, so, like, okay. yeah, exact. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, and you know, let's move on. Uh, what game did we skip? We didn't skip. No, cause we come back. We circled back. So Tampa Bay at the Rams, Jameis Winston thumbs up last week, but can he keep it going in Los Angeles against the Rams defense, Brad? Uh, I think he can, and the biggest reason is because he he showed the ability to go back to Mike Evans last week, and so now there's at least two legit wide receivers. Well, it was Norris Jenkins. <laughs> sure, sure, but he, you know, and and he also used OJ Howard a little bit too, which you know was encouraging if if you you know drafted him in the fifth round. So um, yeah, you know, I, I do think... that, you know not to jump into your put, real quick because I want to give credit where credit's due. Akeem Talib's been one of the few that have you know what his career has been great beginning to start beginning to end. Well, despite his other issues, but yeah. he's still playing at a great level way past the peak season. But anyway, I just wanted to point out there are a few. There's a very select few. So I just want to give credit where credit's due. But go ahead, Brad. Sure. So I I think I mean they obviously I, I feel like the Tampa Bay is going to have to throw the ball to keep to stay in this game at all. I think there's a really good chance that this is a a a kind of a good compiling game for Winston. Um, probably not the the big plays that you saw last week out of Evans. I, I'm going to say it's going to be more like, you know, seven or eight catches, 80 yards for him in, you know, but mix in a, a, several red zone looks. And I think that you could definitely start Winston this week. I, I won't have him as a QB one, but I think he is startable um, because I think the upside is there. I, I'm shocked that this line is 10. I really am because I really think that. Is it really that, 10? It's that's what it is this morning. Um, I'm I'm shocked because I if if Todd Gurley was Todd Gurley of the beginning of last season, I'm okay with that being a double digit line. But I I can't I would I mean if I was I don't bet bet games really, but I would bet Tampa in that because I think that game's gonna be a lot closer than than ten points. Um, and I I think that 
you know, Jameis Winston's going to have to throw to, to keep them in this game. So, yeah, start him. He is going to have to throw to keep it in the game. But at the same time, I mean, this team just lost at home to the Giants. So, like, at, at the end of the day, I think, you know, we could get the backdoor cover where Tampa Bay gets a late touchdown and they lose by maybe seven instead of ten, which would, yeah, which, you know, you'd lean Brad's way for sure. But I think the Rams will be able to at least, you know, put up some points and, and get some touchdowns. I think this is, like, the ultimate Jameis game where it's, like, a good fantasy game, but he throws a couple picks as well. Like, I, it just seems like one of those games where he has maybe three touchdowns and two picks and the yardage is there because he's trying to play catch up against, you know, a defense that can really generate some pressure. We've, we've seen it now over the past couple of weeks. We saw it last week and we just made the excuse that Cleveland doesn't have a great line. We saw the week before when, when Breeze was knocked out of the game. So like, we got to give some credit to the pressure that the Rams can dial up. It's going to give this weak offensive line a lot of issues, but it's encouraging to see Evans get involved last week and OJ Howard. I wonder if we'll ever get a game where all three Evans Goodwin and, or Godwin and, and, Howard have games. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but you roll them all well, out there, and I think Jameis is a borderline QB one. I don't. I don't care about it as long as it's Godwin week. That's all I care about. First of all, I just too. <laughs> I just traded for him, and then the second thing, I don't know if you guys saw when I tweeted it out, but my phone is now autocorrecting Godwin to capitalize G O D W I N. I guess I did it so many times that it's it, it autocorrected it for me. Perfect. <laughs> but real quick. Uh, on the Rams side, I think there's two things. We talked about Robert Woods. Uh, I will touch on him again for anybody that's starting their lineups this week is Robert Woods benchable. The other one is, it, this might sound crazy, but if you have the depth, is Todd Gurley benchable? The Buccaneers defense against running backs has been lights out so far. Like before Saquon Berkeley left the game, he was doing nothing. Like, And they've done nothing against all three running backs they faced. And with Todd Gurley being now what we talked about on Monday, essentially Derrick Henry, I, if you're, you know, again, well, here, we'll spin it the other way. Maybe you drafted Austin Eckler. Let's say you have another, that's a, you have a definitive RB1, Austin Eckler. Todd Gurley hits the bench, Chris? Yeah, I think in those formats that Brad was talking about, like when he said earlier in like a 10 team league where there's some studs, you know, borderline studs on the waiver wire, you have to make tough decisions and no flex. I think, yeah, you could be in a situation where you want to go the other way with Todd Gurley. But in a, in a 12 team with a flex, I, I, I probably would play him. I mean, 15 touches still in this offense. There's some upside, but you're, you're dead on about right. the Bucks run defense. But he's, but in my opinion, he's a flex play. Like I, I, he will be outside my top 24 running backs this week. I, you know, probably in the high twenties. Um, I did it with, with Derrick Henry last week and, and you know, you all were hot taking me to death. I, I, I think Gurley's maybe like the 26, 27 running back this week because um, they, they just, they're not feeding him the ball. He doesn't have the volume of touches that he had before. Um, they're giving him a, the occasional drive off and, um, it's, it's just not the same. Like I, we don't even know if he's going to get goal line work because, um, you know, Malcolm Brown took it in week one. And so we'll just, you know, it, just have to see, but I mean, this to me is it's, it's the Cooper cup show in, in LA and, oh, and then, you know, the other guys get their, get their looks now and then too, but they were just feeding the ball to cup last week. And he's, you know, it, it's amazing how quick he came back from an ACL, um, to, to be as effective as he is right now. And, and so, yeah, I, I have no problem benching Gurley because I think they're just going to throw the ball more. I would play Gurley over Aaron Jones or like a Sony Michelle. And an okay. AP. I would play him over those guys. That's probably fair. All right. I mean, that's certainly fair. It's, it's, I would start him but against all the fact that it's even a conversation is, I know. is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I would have said that to you guys before the season started. You'd be like, eh. How yeah, far have we come? The, the, only, the only issue with Gurley was, is he going to last the whole season? But if, if he was healthy and active, then you, it was a no-brainer. You were starting him. You were going to draft him high, whatever. 
Um, but it's now you're not that way. It's, you're just not sure what you're going to get out of them on a week-to-week basis. Okay. Next game. Uh, we're actually making good time because we're almost to the end here. So Seattle at Arizona. We talked about Will Disley already. We just joked, joked about that. You're starting him. I, I would start Will Disley before I start Hawkinson or Cook. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, I, Will Disley's a top five tight end for me this week. There you go. Yeah. DK Metcalf starting. Tyler Lockett starting. So let's talk about the backfield. Chris Carson, no Rashad Penny. You're starting because that's just you, the volume should be there even with fumbles. But let's assume Rashad Penny is playing, Chris. Are they back to back? Is Penny higher for you? What are you doing if Penny is active? Yeah, this this is this is confusing. This is this is definitely concerning. I, I think if Penny is active, I still I still would bet that Carson will have more touches and play majority of the snaps. Maybe maybe sixty forty, but I would assume like seventy thirty. I, I think that they they can control this game and lean on Carson. I still think that they have some faith in him, but he is one fumble away. I'm serious. One fumble away from just taking a seat on the bench and them just, you know, rolling out pro size for like 90% of the snaps. If, um, if Penny's not around. So I still lean Carson. I still think he is a, a low end RB two, leaning more towards a flex, but, uh, it's, it's not encouraging at all. Yeah. I, I, I agree on the fumble thing where there's it's kind of like Jameis Winston last year. Like at any point, there's the risk that he could get benched mid game. But at the same time, <laughs> this this matchup is so juicy. Like you like there is a in my opinion, like there's also a chance that he is the RB one this week, too, um, because he might run for 150 yards and two touchdowns. So I it's it's going to be really tough to rank him and, and see where his ranking settles in for me, because this is the biggest ceiling floor, um, you know, <laughs> range that I can imagine that I can envision in my head right now for a week four game. Very true. All right. Well, then here you go. Question for you guys. Penny is active. Chris Carson or Todd Gurley? Oh, my goodness. I'm still going Carson. <laughs> I think He's definitely going to be in, in inside my RB, RB. He might be a low end RB one for me just because of the, the upside potential. Um, and I, like I said, I've got, I'm going to have Gurley outside my, my top 24. So, um, Chris, are you going I, the other I, way? I'm going to go the other way. Yeah. If, if Penny was, if Penny gets in a full practice Thursday and Friday, I feel like he's good. Uh, I would go the other way with Gurley, but it'd be really close. Like I, I think I well, have what? side by side. I'm wrong. You're both wrong. It was secret answer. C Rashad Penny. Is that how you feel? Honestly, like you would go car if, if Penny is healthy. I got to tell you, look, I, it, it's, if, there's two things here is Pete Carroll will tell us hopefully, because if Pete Carroll tells us something 99% of the time, he does, he's, he's the one coach. He's the anti Shanahan. He's like, guess what? I like them both. They're both going to have roles. That's what happens last year's. I love Chris Carson. He loved Chris Carson. He tells us what he does and that's fine. And that's what makes it great. I love him for fantasy. I, I love him for that. Unless he tells us Thursday or Friday, we're not going to know. So if Penny is practicing Thursday, not just Friday, but Thursday and Friday, I am going to assume he gets more opportunities unless he fails. Like, I think he'll get the ball earlier than Carson will, probably first touches, but that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to perform because he hasn't to this point. Let's be real. Yeah. But if he does, I think we could see a 60, 65% work share for him because of the Chris Carson struggles. That's one thing. Pete Carroll has already said he's annoyed with it, and he will do what he says. So I'm going to lean Penny. 
But I'm not saying we know for sure unless hopefully I kind of hope Pete Carroll tells us. Yeah, if if well, he did say that he still believes in Chris Carson this week, so that is again, that's at least that is encouraging. But if Penny does start to your point, and he starts off strong against a weak Pete Arizona Carroll press team, conferences must see TV. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, if Penny starts <laughs> off strong, you're in, you're like I'm going to be watching that game because, like I said, I have a lot of Carson. So if Penny starts off strong, I'm going to be. I'm going to be pretty worried. I'm not going to expect I spent a lot of time on Arizona because that's simple. It's four guys and we move on. It's Kyler Murray, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk every single week. Simple. Move on. Next team, right? Yeah. Encouraging to see uh, Kyler run around a little bit last week. That was, that was a plus. Finally. Yeah. But the good thing is the Seattle pass defense isn't what anything it used to be. So I wouldn't hesitate for a second on Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. Minnesota, Chicago. Uh, hey, Chris, this is your show. So, um, I, I mean, the show that I'm about to ask the question about. Does this game get over 30 combined points? Uh, no, probably not. I didn't, but I didn't <laughs> think that last week would get over 30 either. With with even with Washington being so bad, I thought Chicago would still struggle offensively. And Should I tell everybody there. what you what you texted in the chat during the Monday night game? Uh, what did I text in the first half? <laughs> I don't even remember. Happy for those people who bet the under, and then the second half, whoopsie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did not see, you know, some some points scored. I think I said on the show last week or this week on Monday was that it, I'd be surprised if there were thirty points. Yeah, so I didn't expect that at all. You could see a couple defensive touchdowns, like that's always in play with Trubisky and Kirk Cousins. So I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, but yeah, I see this is a, a low scoring game. All right, well, who, before we get to you, Brad, and you can answer the same question, then we'll, we get into your take on this game. Who's more droppable, Baker Mayfield or Stefan Diggs? <laughs> Baker. Oh, man. Baker. Okay. Um, Baker. Come on. Yeah, Don't Baker's more droppable for sure, but... But, but there's I no way you can score Diggs this no, week, you right? Can't. Out there. You I would can't. just Diggs is, would definitely be sitting on my bench right now. Yeah. Wow, he's turning into be a, a huge bust. Like, I've, I saw people... Not that Thielen is doing things himself, but a little bit more... But I saw Diggs, you know, go ahead of Thielen. Like, some people like Diggs more than Thielen. Like, some people, it's a split. But Diggs right now is definitely not startable. And it's – I think I think you could buy low on him. I wouldn't pay a premium price for him because they want to run the football. But coming up after Chicago, the Giants, the Eagles, you got Detroit, Washington, KC. They're going to be forced to throw the ball in that matchup too. I, I think this is as bad as it gets, but – 12 targets and six catches after three I'm weeks. actually Yikes. I'm actually buying low on Thielen, too, because it's yes, the perception same. like Michael Thomas. He has double-digit half-point or full-point PBR points in every single game so far. Yeah. Like he's been – it's not been amazing, but I think it's the perception – it's like the Michael Thomas perception that we talk about in the past is when he's not a wide receiver one and when Michael Thomas isn't a top-five wide receiver, the perception is, oh, my God, he's disappointing. All right, so – Chicago, we lamented it all day long, and Matt Nagy is basically crushing our dreams and acting like a knucklehead, running Cordell Patterson out of the eye, flipping formation. Uh, can we even start David Montgomery at this point, Brad? Uh, you can start him. I mean, I, if nothing else, he showed out in the second half of that game when he actually got an opportunity, and you the like game to was think in control. Nagy was sitting there watching it and being like, "Wow, this guy is." Is actually running. He well. should be watching a week two. Earlier in the game. I agree. I agree. I, I don't know what he does. Like it's it's funny because he's right out of the Andy Reid coaching tree, and this is what we saw a what, couple times rookies? out of Kareem Hunt in his rookie year. Like Kareem Hunt was dominating, and then all of a sudden there would be like this three game stretch where he didn't even touch the ball hardly, and it's it's like Nagy's like, oh, I got to be like Andy Reid. I got to make my best guys disappear. So 
Um, I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> think, rookies. I think you start him, you start him for sure. But at the same time, um, you know, again, it's, I've said this with other guys. Today. Well, let it's, me paint this picture without a lot of confidence. Let me paint this picture for both of you guys. And if everybody wants to listen to it, you can listen. This is out there for free too. And over the athletic for the full show, it's the, to be honest show with the Angel Williams and myself. Uh, but what I asked him was about this question, but I asked him with the question, and this is what I painted it to him is, would you have spoken up if you were a player? Cause we saw Osho Senko and TO and we've seen many players before yell at coaches, yell on the sideline, give me the damn ball. And I kind of assumed he would say no, because one David Montgomery's a rookie. But two, he said, no, because if you're a running back, there's a lot more in your hands to go wrong if you demand the ball. It's a lot different when you're the wide receiver because you can excuse some of it away by the passes aren't coming your way. And if they are, they're not on target. All that being said, but this is the other part that he added to it for both of you guys, is he said, Dave Montgomery's a rookie. And what rookies will often do in preseason is they'll sprint while everybody's marathoning. And what possibly happened was David Montgomery sprinted and finished his race and did his best and everybody else marathon and everybody else is ready to produce and continuing through the season. And maybe Matt Nagy saw enough in the preseason to say, you know what, that was your best and it wasn't good enough. Yes, yeah, possible. But I, I also feel like if that was the case and they saw that happening, that's really poor coaching to not get him to back it down a little bit and say, look, you're not, you don't need to earn your spot on this team. You are our guy. Don't worry about going too hard right now because we need you around in December. Like I, if that's you know if if that's what happened then i would say i would put that almost solely on the coaches because of course the player is going to want to feel that way the player doesn't understand that, you know how to last the whole season in the nfl and and you know what the how how much of a grind the whole season is that's up to the coaches to to educate them on that and um i if if that's what happened i'm that's to me is solely on Nagy and and whoever the running backs coach is yeah, I think I've given just way too much respect for Matt Nagy. Um, you know, heading into this season, I liked some of the play calling last year. And then in the playoffs against the Eagles, I thought, you know, how come you didn't use Tariq Cohen? You know, I, th I thought he should have been more involved. And then now I think he's just, to Brad's point, like he's just, he's overthinking himself. Like maybe, maybe the game plan heading into Washington was like, okay, let's get Trubisky rolling here. We're going to throw the ball a ton. We're going to attack the secondary and then we're going to get up in the game. And then we're going to lean on Montgomery because that's kind of how it happened. But the fact that they're rolling out Patterson in, in the situations that they did is just so mind boggling. It doesn't make any sense, but at least there is one big takeaway is that Mike Davis, who was a factor in week one has not been involved at all in the past couple of weeks. So I do feel strong about Montgomery. It's not a great matchup, but I mean, at some point you're just going to have to start the game, giving him the ball, man. He looked so good in those few touches that he had. He's running guys over. So I don't know if that's his plan to keep him fresh all year and just kind of roll him out in the second half when they're up in games. But I think you got to use him to be up in games. You're just not going to be able to, to throw with Trubisky all the time. So I'd like to see him get more involved. But man, it does nag I'm It's like he is so frustrating to watch that guy coach. <laughs> uh, real quick we before we get to the about last breaking news, Mel Melvin Gordon apparently reporting to the team tomorrow. Wow. For the Chargers, not will not play so this just, weekend if that happens. But if he's in the, I was just I was just about than... to break those two news. Go get those Austin Eckler trays out there fast. Fast, quick, yeah, because before... his role is about to diminish at least somewhat. Like they might stick it to Gordon a little bit as 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 uh you know. Oh, Eckler's still startable. You know what? Times. I might it, like as a 
guy who's hurting for running backs, as I mentioned, Barkley not be able to get the guy. I may just go buy Eckler. I'm not going to pay a great price for him, but I still think he's no, going to no, have no. a what role. No, no, no. What I'm saying is like if – no, that's – so there's two sides. That I agree with you, Chris. So the one side is before the rest of your league sees the, the news, you trade him for RB1 value. I mean, yes. I've seen people out there say – here's a perfect example. I'll, I'll ask you guys the question. Right now, knowing this news – and even like try to pretend you don't know the news. Would you? I would have said Eckler for Mixon. I would have considered it not knowing the news. Eckler for Mixon. Now I'd absolutely do it. Yes. Yeah. Same for I, you, Brad. I would rather have Eckler still. I think. <laughs> even so with this I, news. Yeah, even with the news, because I, I wow, still, I, I could just see them kind of sticking it to Gordon, saying, you know what, screw you, like you're not. You're not going to be a team player in in this, and you know, nah, we, we've seen the too much we've talent. seen the Chargers front office do this before, and and where it's it's you know they almost like here's hold the, it here's the, the thing, guy. Brad. Look how many chances and opportunities Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown and you know even Des Bryant to a degree like like just talent as talent. We we'd love to. I'm with you. I would love to see the same thing, and at the same time. Uh, you know, it's just it's the truth is when talent is talent, they're they're going to go out there. But I, I'm agreement with your first statement, though. Still, I still think Austin Eckler is going to be in that James White conversation where RB two three, depending on the week, and he's not going away completely. So if the team, ha if your league has seen the news, in, to Chris's point, he actually might be a good buy high ish kind of like to your point of the, like they yeah, think you throw, they're selling. You throw this news to him and and then try to drive the price down a little bit and say oh right doesn't have a whole lot of value do you want to get something for him while you can and and you know offer him something that's you know rb2 worthy because i still think he's going to be an rb2 going forward yeah this team is one yeah. two i i think they'll lean on gordon but eckler's still going to have a role in this offense it's, i think it's going to be much like last year he's just yeah, not going to get that goal line work that he got in the first to, couple to weeks. play double devil's advocate brad what if they look at it the other way and say well you know what it, to your point, still screw you, but yeah. screw you is in we're gonna work the living hell out of you because we don't touches. need you. And, yeah. yeah, we're gonna yeah, give you seventy-five possible. touches a game. <laughs> yeah, I and and you know we saw it with Zeke when he first came back. Like they they took a couple weeks to kind of work it work his snap count up. Like that's gonna have to happen with Gordon. And if nothing else, Gordon Gordon has shown the propensity in the past to not be able to make it through a season healthy. This, if you have Eckler in the second half of the season, he may come back to this value at some point if Gordon gets hurt and all of a sudden be a league winner for you. Yeah, that's certainly fine. Uh, the other piece of breaking news, and this is this is for you guys out there that are in super deep leagues and sixteen teamers, mm -hmm. desperate. This is just look. This is a one dollar pick them up just in case. So Jordan Rannon, Ron on however you say his last name is reporting that the expectations for the Giants now are just to promote rookie John Hilleman, who's out of Rutgers. Now, he's out of Rutgers. He's an undrafted free agent. Don't think he's a threat at all to Wayne Gallman. This actually you know, makes us feel better about Wayne Gallman. It is Wayne Gallman's backfield. But if he disappoints, this is somebody who showed off well against the Bears. Again, it was the preseason, but did. He was in the conversation to make the roster an opening day, but obviously with Saquon Barkley and Wayne Gallman, you don't need a fourth running back. Just keep a tab on it. I'm saying super, 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 super deep leagues just because that news came out there is something to keep an eye on. And also, again, to go back to the Wayne Gallman, this makes you feel better about Wayne Gallman. Yeah, I think so, too. The fact that they're not bringing in anybody, like even with just – I know C.J. Anderson is nothing appealing, and he tried out for the Texans the other day, but just that alone. Like if they would have brought in a C.J. Anderson, I'd be a little worried with Gallman. They didn't, they didn't really bring in anybody. Like Zach Zenner, are you kidding me? So, like, yeah, this is – they're going to give Gallman, I think, a fair shot here. 
I okay. did see a report so, this morning that Jay Ajayi was getting closer to being game ready and, and could potentially yeah, whatever. Be a tryout he, he could for a potentially team, be so. ready for 2020. But that's that's a name whatever. that's a name that would potentially make me nervous about Wayne Gallman if they brought him in. I will say that. All right, so we have we'll rapid fire these last ones to get out of here because Dallas and the Saints are the night game. Look, the Saints we know you're starting Camara, Michael Thomas, pretty much the end. I guess you could use Jared Cook because it's a shallow week. The Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott. Mari Cooper, pretty much the end. I mean, David Smith didn't do what we would hope he would do. He has a chance again this week. Randall Cobb had a touchdown called back, but the snaps were behind Devin Smith. The targets were behind Devin Smith. So there's that game. Jacksonville and Denver. Jacksonville, are you starting DJ Chark against the Broncos? Quick fire question. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, I would. It all depends yep. on your situation, but yeah. All right, so Leonard Fournette, and there you go for that. On the Denver side of things, Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton, do they get in your lineup? And the interesting thing I will say is that power running backs have done better against Jacksonville than pass-catching running backs by far. I would actually feel better about Freeman in this game. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I think you can play them both. I think they're both involved. Um, but, yeah, I would agree with that statement, Jake. And Emmanuel Sanders definitely get in my lineup, and I would probably look elsewhere if I was a Sutton owner this week. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, Latavius Murray. We're not dropping him, right? Be patient. I'm not yep. dropping him, but man, he didn't. Did he touch the ball last week at all? No, I think twice. Yikes. Just, but yeah, I'm not dropping. You have to him. see just a second case. game, and also Drew Brees is coming back. Exactly. Like, I, don't you know, drop him. We talked about high end handcuffs. Like, there's if Kamara goes down. Oh yeah. Then oh, that's you know that's that's a guy you definitely want to have on your bench and not having to fight for him on the waiver wire. Hundred percent. Great additional point, Brad. And Brad is at Brad Ziegler. Chris is at Chris Meany. I'm at All In Kid. We'll be back on Monday to get you ready for week five with the recap of week four. So best of luck this week. Check us out on theathletic.com slash the throwback if you want 40% off for everything over there. And good luck, everybody.